Spoilers Ahoy! Welcome to Spoilers Ahoy, a podcast about a po- another podcast where we talk about it with no holds barred in regards to spoilers, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Ahoy. Will Williams, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair Gavin response. Gavin Gaddis, how are you? Uh-huh. <laughs> I... I will say I have a tab open that's called Happy Ideas right now. Um, Hell yeah! That's me just spitballing ideas for things I could maybe make quickly and put out something positive during all this. Besides, like, tuning it out up and yeah, the wind is blowing, the birds are chirping, and the mail train's on the way. Hi, everybody. Me a week later to tell you that not only did I start working on this project, I've got it casted. So if you stick around through the plugs, there might be another edit where I might give you a way to submit your address, because this, this show is going to be about letters. Until then, I hear the episode coming back. As somebody who literally just did that, uh, feels fucking good. Yeah, Highly that, recommended. That, that's a big motive. You and Jordan Cobb are two big motivators on that one. Good. Yeah, make something nice. Put it out into the world. Feels great. The problem is then I'm just like, well, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and it'll last four years and (laughs) six seasons (laughs) in a movie. Yeah. (laughs) I feel you. That's why I attached it to something that already existed, uh, so I wouldn't uh, do the thing. (laughs) Actually, and this is not me trying to find another segue, on that note, we're here to talk about my year in Mensa. Hell yeah, we are. And... That's kind of, I mean, this is sort of a generic overview thing, not spoilers right off the bat, but um, my, the biggest thing I keep coming back to when I talk to people about this and when I wrote my review that's on like iTunes and um, Podchaser, I didn't do anything on my website. um, This is such a well-paced, contained thing. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it is so... This is this is like the least uh, exciting way to describe it, but it is so incredibly digestible. Yes, like it's, uh, you know, when you drink a cocktail, and the word that comes to your mind is like super drinkable. Like you could just mm-hmm. knock these fuckers back and yeah. be really content. That's Dangerous, exactly almost. what this is. Yes, yes, and I would argue. <laughs> also dangerous in its own ways uh but fun ways fun good ways Uh, my urine mensa is like that one iced tea flavored cocktail i had at a steakhouse where it was just iced tea and an iced tea flavored vodka so it did not have any alcohol taste whatsoever and a friend of mine who was like oh can i try your drink uh got (laughs) fucked up because they did not taste the alcohol yeah my year in mensa is the podcast equivalent of of downing a cocktail like that and starting off going oh this is delicious and then quickly going (laughs) whoa no why am i crying in the bathroom but you're not crying well maybe you're crying but only because you're laughing really hard but also maybe you're crying because of the state of the world uh, let's talk about my year in Mensa. <laughs> so, uh, my year in Mensa is a sort of solo, but there are collaborators who are voicing, mm-hmm. 
uh, people in dramatic reenactments of scenes that happened to this person. But uh, Jamie Loftus, one of the hosts of the Bechdel cast, uh, I shamefully have not gotten through a full episode of the Bechdel cast yet. Not because it's the podcast fault, but like something interrupted me the last time I was (laughs) starting an episode. I haven't listened to any of it yet either. Uh, it's just, it sounds like such a show I want to listen to. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of get makes me psych myself out. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I can always mm-hmm. get to this later because I know it'll be good. Uh, right. The, the bane of anything I listen to, which is why I have stuff I've listened to, just to make me listen to things. Yep. She, uh, Jamie Loftus, decides to take the Mensa entry exam as a joke. But in one of the most relatable things ever, she studies super hard because she <laughs> hates failing. Yep. Uh, and because she's from, you know, our generation of people who are just like... Standardized testing. Yeah, we're hardwired for it at this point. So uh, she gets in. <laughs> she gets in. And this is all for um, like a jokey piece that she's writing kind of back in that era where personal essay was like the go-to form for online writing um it's for paste magazine for what paste magazine paste right thank you um she does ultimately write this story because like gavin said she studies way too hard and gets in um to set (laughs) i think that the best way to explain the tone of this podcast is to tell you the name of the article that the podcast <laughs> Thank discusses. Because uh, it's the best name for an article that's ever been written. And anyone else who has to write headlines can just go take a nap forever. The headline of the article is... <laughs> <laughs> Good news! They're letting dumb sluts into Mensa now! <laughs> Referencing herself. <laughs> and then this, the next article... <laughs> Two months later, or three months later, is Mensa update. One of them threatened to kill me, and I got kicked off Twitter again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so my my year in Mensa is a four-part self-contained series. It is nonfiction. Again, like Gavin said, mostly single narrator, but there are people brought on as, like, basically cast members to do dramatic reenactments of things that happened to her. Um, it's like... I would say maybe 70% scripted, probably 30% her just, like, um, like borderline stream of consciousing, consciousness, mm-hmm. stream of, you know, saying the shit. Uh, it's fucking great. It is one of the funniest, wildest things I've heard in a long time to the point where, like, because, Gavin, I told you to listen to it, right? Like, I think I pestered you. Yeah, it, into... it was you, um, it was you <laughs> recommending it on T-Do last episode. Right. Oh, uh quick addendum the first article was i will not get into mensa and who the hell cares parentheses i do and then (laughs) it was followed up by good news they let dumb sluts into mensa now (laughs) and the turnaround time was 13 days like that (laughs) i love it so we should probably start the spoiler section now, because if that's yes. not enough to get you to go stop and, like, listen to this immediately, you should. Please it's just four parts. To it. Each part's, like, 40 minutes at the most. There's a really well-produced theme song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is the epitome of a podcast only one person could make. 
and i'll circle back around to that once we're into the spoiler territory but first off um oh it 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 sucks so hard that the firehouse did not surprise me one bit not even necessarily that it's mensa but the fact that something like that can be officially sanctioned and continue to exist yeah yeah uh yeah let's switch over into proper uh spot uh proper spoiler territory yes uh so she soon finds out that like gavin is talking about uh mensa is maybe not what many people would think she thought it was gonna be a bunch of like soft boy smart boy yeah 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 like you know like very um stuck up professor types it is not um as somebody who so i went to a school that was very religious which i've talked about um very 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 republican and also like most of the students who were in the ap classes and things which i took were like from very well-off families Mm -hmm. i i went to a school in a school district that had very recently been a farming community where i knew people whose last names were like on historical buildings and street names like these are lineage families of where i grew up um so they had this like for arizona like old money as old money as you can be so when she started talking about this all i could think about were the kids in my high school who were exactly the kind of people mensa would attract this like biology driven x type of person is smarter than y type of person biologically uh like gross outs who are extremely the type who would be very make america great again Mm -hmm. i was so unsurprised it's like the thing that um i think what really works is the fact that we don't really hear about the firehouse at first uh yes and loftus dedicates a good amount of time to talking about some very dry stuff uh regarding the history of and the misappropriation of the iq test as um or or at least the fact that it was originally meant to be sort of like a marker of where you're at right now as as accurate as that marker could be Mm -hmm. uh even if you know let's be real iq tests don't really work uh (laughs) they unless you know it's just part of your system already uh and iq tests are meant to be the guy who created them is like they're meant to be administered multiple times and it's it's a now thing not oh well if you take Mm -hmm. this and you score high you're high forever you're a smart boy congratulations mensa's entire construct is you're a smart boy forever if you get in that's it yeah like like your best score is your true score (laughs) (laughs) not like not like intelligence in this very limited measurable metric uh is 
you know, not seeing that as something that is malleable and ever-changing, which it is and has always been discussed as by the people who made those metrics. And, like, if this was a podcast made by a larger studio or something like that or, like, you know, somebody who's selling ad space... I could see there being about four more episodes of it minimum and there would oh, yeah. be a lot of interrogation of what is intelligence Boo, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. after the break and then you know ads uh this loftus talks about the iq test and how mensa is constructed as a lead into hey guess what the single largest online presence of mensa is basically an alt-right message board on facebook uh and then we circle around to it at the very end where she comes back to that idea of testing intelligence uh and we've been through a lot to come back to this point which all the more reinforces her point of like men's is way different than we think it is yes yeah, I I am so thrilled that it didn't go the route of like a super well-funded thing. Like I could see this like you said like almost being like the dream. Um or worse, S-town. Yeah, and I'm so glad it's not because in its form it is and I th- you know, I think we can touch on this a little. Like it is flawed in some very like surface ways. But it's so fucking perfect. Like, it's exactly what it Mm -hmm. needs to be. There is this um, borderline unhinged raw raw edge to just, like, everything she talks about. And when we talk about, you know, how this could go into, you know, why do we care about these things and what is intelligence? Instead, it is uh, the host just being like, yeah, and everything's fucking stupid. And then an air horn noise. And that's so much more... Like, that reads, to me, more earnest mm-hmm. than... And Gavin, you've talked about this a little bit recently, where, like, there's this thing that a lot of, like, semi-educational podcasts do, where one of the hosts will play dumb. Performative incompetence, host... yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, um, I am so glad that this is the opposite of that, because it felt so much more real. Um, can you talk about that that concept a little bit for for listeners who didn't see those tweets and what have you? So the last episode of Reply All I was on before I just w- realized I'm not getting paid to listen, so I can just quit. Uh, <laughs> and I, I listen, I get it. You go listen to the backlog of Tuned In Dialed Up. I have been anti Gimlet boy, making fun of Gimlet the whole time, and this is not me renouncing that. I stand by what I've said about stuff like the Habitat. There are good episodes of Reply All. There are. I, I can say that this this recent one... Um, that with, everyone's uh, talking about. The, the one that everybody's talking about, the one with the pop song, was a it was a damn good episode. Uh, people who are saying that it's the best podcast episode ever made are fools um, and don't listen to enough podcasts to be saying something uh, with with that gravity. Uh, it, it is a it is a good episode. It is probably the best episode of Reply All. Yeah, um, it's a fucking good episode. So yeah, Reply All does have some good shit in it. That being said, for sure, the, yeah. the episode that like threw me off was uh, I'm I don't know because I didn't finish it, but I could just kind of feel that they were getting into the whole uh, the whole market of hackers finding people with good rare usernames, and then. 
hacking them or fake or just you you know social engineering their way into that account and then selling it because someone wants to buy the account with that name mm-hmm. but to get to that point early on in the episode i think pj has to be like what's discord what yeah. <laughs> and the other and the other one says uh fucking something about uh, oh yeah, Discord. It's this thing for gamers. Uh, and then he goes, "This is so nerdy." Like as like an aside that he oh, thought would get oh. cut out. And he says some Ugh. shit about like, "I use Discord to talk to my friends who I play Fortnite with." Oh my god, you play Fortnite? And like, it is. He's talking about <laughs> at that time the most successful, most played video game on the fucking planet. It would be yeah. like saying, oh, you know, there's a little thing called Wii Sports in like 2008. It is yeah. <laughs> fucking embarrassing for someone who is the host of a tech podcast to be like, oh, it's just a nerdy little thing. I play Fortnite and I use Discord. Eat my entire pasty white ass, dude. That <laughs> is some bullshit. So you can set yeah. up the other host to be like, well, okay, here's Discord. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. A chat program. And... Like another example to a lesser extent, and I, I I'm I'm cribbing this from a new I think it was a New York Times opinion piece. Uh, I forget the name of it, but the um the writer was talking about how at the beginning of Serial, uh, Sarah Koenig starts asking like really weird questions for a journalist who's been a yeah. journalist for that long to ask, and you realize oh it's because she has to queue up these questions to have people explain things for the audience and instead of just having Koenig explain it Koenig is trying to get somebody else to explain it to you so that you are learning it along with Koenig which is a you know it's a storytelling method but like with Reply All once you've listened to somebody for so long somebody who runs an internet culture podcast acts yeah coy and like it's nerdy insider info to know what discord is in 2018 or 2019 whenever that episode was give me a break so if like if loftus had been had talked about mensa for 20 minutes and then be like so what is mensa and then interviewed somebody about it instead of just reading the wikipedia like she does in the first episode and it gets the job done uh because mm-hmm. my year in mensa is less about mensa the organization which is more of sort of a a ghost in the background the entire time mensa the yeah, organization is it. yeah it's held hostage by the firehouse because the firehouse is seemingly the majority of their american paying subscribers Yes. So if they were to piss off the firehouse and start moderating it and let them not do death threats and say sexist stuff and racist things, they uh, those people would get pissed off because they're being told what to do. And they're the smartest smart people ever. They're so smart. They should be able to say whatever <laughs> they want to say because they're so smart. Uh, <laughs> those people would stop paying their $70 a year Mensa dues. Yep. And then Mensa's out of money. So, of course, the company buys into this home. Oh, well, they're nice people in person. You just wouldn't get it. They're so nice. They're so nice. Uh, That's the one thing I will say might be a, a, a thing to worry about with Mensa is the... I don't even think it's... I don't even know if it qualifies as gaslighting, but just the sort of 
the monsters are not even the monsters are on Maple Street. That's the wrong one. Uh, Stepford Wives. It's a very Stepford Wivesy. Yes. Everybody's in on it except Loftus, kind of thing. It's weird. It's it's really strange. And like, granted, this is all being funneled through you know yeah. her perspective, but but it's fucking weird. <laughs> even even taking into account that perspective and of of a of a comedian who's not being paid, who's in negative money after producing this podcast on this whole Mensa experience. Uh, and talking about like locking yourself in a bathroom to record audio notes and then escaping from a party. <laughs> it's yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are times when she's talking about how she like went home or I guess went back to her hotel room and just like cried and cried and cried. Yep. Um, but even with that, what's really wild about all of this is that it's grounded so much in the sense of like, because it could be really tragic. Yeah. Right. Or it could be really frustrating. And instead, it feels like, <laughs> like walking into like a SpongeBob SquarePants episode, <laughs> but you're just like a normal person. <laughs> like, Everything around is like animated and buck wild, and you're just a dude being like, "What's up?" So you live in a pineapple, and you're sponge, <laughs> and you are a fry cook, okay? And everyone is like, "Yeah, duh," and you're like, "Cool, cool, cool, cool." So there's this like absolute uh absurdism and incredulity but the way that that is put through loftus as the protagonist who is not telling you all of this in the moment but looking back yeah. uh like a like someone who has been through a strange war it's it's a little bit <laughs> like not to get too uh too lofty about this i guess but like it almost feels like the way that Vonnegut wrote Slaughterhouse Five as oh, like yeah. a reaction to being in a horrible, horrible, horrible war. Because Slaughterhouse Five is fucking hilarious. Like it is such a funny book, and it's so bizarre, and it's so fucked. And you know that there are things in it that are not him putting a fictional sheen on anything or making anything hyperbolic. Sometimes because Vonnegut himself comes into the fictional narration to say something to the effect of, that's not written for the book. That's a thing that actually happened to me. Vonnegut, who is writing the sentence to you right now, Kurt Vonnegut. Like, <laughs> it's that same sort of, uh, like, jaded incredulity, like that incredulity, incredulity that stays with you but just, like, solidifies into uh, a nightmare amber, you know, over the years. Her delivery of every single sentence is so goddamn funny, especially because she punctuates almost every really fucked up or depressing thing that she says with air horn noises. We, I, so I've been good. waiting to bring this up. Yes, please. <laughs> please okay. talk about it. You brought up the air horn thing, uh, which is part of what... I mean, I was already sold on the idea, but the air horn thing made me excited. Uh, 
one of my favorite things as one of my favorite comedy tools is cutting short the thing when you know what the thing is. So when you've established a rhythm, um, there's a, there's a YouTuber, uh, his name is this old Tony. He's a machinist. He does a lot of videos about machining things. He's, he, he's like, wittiest person I follow on YouTube. Uh, Even without this gimmick, he's fucking hilarious. He's just this, like, old dude who's regularly making self-depreciating jokes, deprecating jokes, and he's he's funny, but he also, like, when he realizes in editing he can tell when you know what the next thing he's about to say is, he'll just cut it, like, just mid-word, and then (laughs) it starts the next sentence. Loftus establishes She's going to use the air horn. She's going to use the Jeopardy failing sound. And then she's going to use the daily double as the um, like the, the correct answer or like the yeah. wild revelation at the end of a list. Um, the air horn, like everyone, ha- everyone, we've all partaken the bam, 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 like MLG thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, some of us have used just the like air horn. Which is sort of a communication of the MLG thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's she just so cuts, short. It's like... She cuts like a half second of that air horn. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes <laughs> when you're expecting a full one. And that little... <laughs> like just yeah, gets so you. Good. There's one time when she... It's not the... <laughs> was it the Jeopardy sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well she cuts the Jeopardy sound clo- cut. Yeah. And I about died because I didn't yeah. expect her to do that to another thing besides the air horn, which I know explaining a joke makes it less funny. But but it's like, I mean, it's this, I, and I think it goes back to that just like absolute resignation because when she does it, it's it's this feeling of like, eh, you get it. It's a sigh. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, yeah. a, it, it's a sort of sound effect version of a sigh. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be after anything from someone at Mensa saying something so fundamentally fucked up and heinous or her saying something to the effect of, yeah, so I studied a bunch because I wanted to do well. And also, I wasn't having a lot of sex at that time. Mm. And then just like air horn. Right. It's so good. Her comedic timing is unreal. It's it's so it's just so fucking good. We should probably so also touch good. on the fact that she straight up talks about where she fucks up. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I think it's it's easy to say. It's easy to get in a situation where it feels like you have to qualify the end of the series by saying, well, you know, she did fuck up. But I th- I think it's perfectly fair to say yes she was an asshole yeah at she knows when she this. wrote the dumb sluts one and the one before but everything after that is not informed by those at all because the firehouse also, is yeah. just the firehouse but also like as somebody who's been following exactly this kind of online writing for yeah. like ever because uh, this has always been you know, even back when I was, I guess, not quite a kid, but like when, you know, online writing was first becoming a thing, it's always been one of my favorite uh, mediums. And in this er- in this era, that's 
that's what the market was, which I know is not like a great excuse, but like this was, it was, what she wrote was so completely normal and acceptable, like especially in those times. But I would even argue like people have a right to be an asshole when they write things. Yeah. I don't know. And like, also, the, like, the I suggest response, reading it. Yes. They are dripping with, this is for a joke. Yes. There is yes. some bite. There is some bite to it. But, like, some of the sentences are super run on to get to serve a joke and not necessarily to be good writing. This is not, like, a New Yorker piece about Mensa. Right. That's like, it's, The reason that I couldn't remember that it was in paste was because I couldn't remember if it was in paste or vice yeah um because they both kind of have that same like or you know even even one of the um subsidiaries of buzzfeed like they all sort of have that like you know like uh like jerk off motion vibe you know (laughs) (laughs) like that kind of like uh apathetic not quite gen xer but older you know millennial like that vibe to it you know um, so, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, she was an asshole, kind of, but even then, like, the the response to what she wrote is so buck wild. It's and so, so beyond over the, the pale. top. Like, so, yeah. she, she posts screenshots without censoring the people in them. This was a huge conversation we had on Twitter yes. as a community during the last one I can think of is ContraPoints thing. Um, yeah. And the, that is shitty. That is shitty. For it sure. is shitty. I understand the argument that if, especially on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, absolutely censor the names. Yes. Once you get into Twitter, it's a little hazy because when you're posting a screenshot of a tweet, you can just search the exact words in the tweet and then right. oh, there it is. And also like Twitter is such a, unless you're on a locked account. Yes. Twitter is so much more public than, than something like Facebook. Especially so, secret group like this one right right so like i don't know don't don't talk shit the only thing i don't really get i can't even like empathize with the firehouse on is her posting the existence of the boob thread because she did not post pictures of the pictures posted in the thread because that would have gotten taken down damn quick yeah no she she just said this exists it's a place for titty. Like, that's I, it. <laughs> I feel like that was her strategically seeding ground so that Mensa people would be less right off the bat about it um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by apologizing to the boob thread multiple times throughout the course of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, come on, people. That's like a, that's a forum mainstay. That, that's been around since like 2000-whatever when yeah. BBS started becoming a thing. Chill out. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is such an insular community. And then they, they felt like they had their dirty laundry aired to the world without having their say. But instead of having their say, Mensa members' reaction was... Whining. <laughs> right. It's wild what this community seems to be fine think or thinks is f- not and not even from a the scary alt righty content way, but like they're 
speakers at their yearly convention suck. Uh, it sounded like she was even Loftus was even trying to go to decent panels or decent lectures, and right. woof. <laughs> There was some yeah. ma- that TV writing one where a guy yeah. just recaps an episode of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> God. Poorly, even. Uh, and then in her article, the the, the good news one, uh, while she's listing off things you c- you get what when you are accepted into Mensa, uh, you get an email address, a cardboard membership card is mailed to your home, and you get access to the events, an array of outings you can make with other people insecure enough to join Mensa that sport titles like Brunch Davidians and the baffling Tooth Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about Mensa feels like when a stereotypical soccer mom in a TV tro- show tries to make something fun. Let's have fun. Um, yeah, yes. Except it's a bunch of... 28 29 plus dudes and women all like uh, what's her name katie the maga hat chick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're all just like really intense <laughs> yeah i and i think um i think that part of this is that like when you when you only really have like one core community yeah. And the only thing really bringing you together is, like, one specific aspect of yourself that you think of as a fact. And then you make that your personality. Like, this is what happens. You know? <laughs> like, like all of these people would benefit from some friends. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there, actually. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I was suppressing a laugh because I was waiting for you to qualify that. Because I was just going to laugh at the out-of-context version. <laughs> you just left no, it there. No, I think it stands by itself. <laughs> it feels from, again, from the perspective of we're we're listening to Loftus' perspective on this. I understand that the people who were there probably have vastly different ideas. I respect Loftus' input more than some of the firehouse people she talked mm-hmm. to. Uh, even from that, it feels like the Mensa thing was more of just the thing that got these people together. And it's also the excuse as to why intensely conservative people put up with intensely liberal people in the group and vice versa and all the other mixtures in between. People with vastly different outlooks that sometimes involve vastly different opinions on basic human rights. Uh, are accepted or put up with or are just eye-rolled at because of the argument, well, they are in Mensa, so... Right, exactly. Obviously, exactly. he's smart. He's just, you know, he's just, you know, you know, Kevin. And it, yeah. <laughs> there's a good person underneath that, and everything's just hand-waved away when anything wrong happens uh, or anything suspect happens. And then there's, there's, we were briefly told about the stuff that happened in 2018 Mensa's uh, conference with the, the drugged drinks. Yeah. One has to wonder how bad 2019 would have been if that hadn't been as public as it was. Right. Exactly. Um, and one has to wonder how bad future events or past events were. Yeah. 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 It's wild. Um. Yeah, I think if I if I had like 
any any criticisms for the podcast like the audio can be a little janky sometimes that's that's it though <laughs> if you are listening with i mean even in a car i listen to it in a car uh so like i i can't even give it that um there it is obvious when loftus had to redo a take with a different yes. mic yeah. or in a different location and unfortunately sometimes she does a different take for like three seconds of the middle of a sentence mm-hmm. where it's like, you're talking up like this. And, um, and then suddenly it was cut to like, and then down like this and a completely different, not that intense, but it's as noticeable as that to me. Uh, yeah. It's just a completely but, different time, completely different yeah. candor. Not that she's not interested in hype about being in the show all the time. It's just, it, you know, just, that just happens when you record, different takes it, like, sometimes just, when you're under a normal. blanket in your hotel room like it's gonna sound a little different right <laughs> other but that but it's also a show that from what i can tell was made with her and like two other people on the back end yeah. that weren't voice actors uh my year at mensa is not a stitcher original but it is getting a lot of ad push on a certain network i forget which one but i have heard ads for my year in mensa oh uh, interesting i haven't I, that's how i heard I, about it was through an ad that's so strange i heard about it because i follow another online writer who's yeah. friends with loftus and was like hey i don't really listen to podcasts but this fucking rules and that's why i checked it out it was just because i i trust this person and their writing and yeah. So in my brain, it's like this tiny little thing that like still needs yeah. to be found. Uh, but I don't think that's actually the case. And honestly, oh, no. thank God. It doesn't have a so website. Good. It's not even on the podcast section of her website. Uh, her website has a page that's My Year at Mensa Sources. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you're listening to this and you're still listening... Like, go listen to it. Can we help Can we help this thing, like, blow up a little? Because it's so fucking funny. My, and it's so good. There's one more thing I really want to spotlight. Yes. The fact that she explicitly says how much money she made and how much money she spent. Yes! I and, loved this! And not necessarily from the perspective of, oh, well, now they can't claim that she was making money off it the whole time. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. Point Loftus. It's... Also, just the fact that I think a lot of people have no fucking clue what you get paid yes. for writing article. I mean, it's yes. it's a wide it's a wide spectrum. Like there are places that pay a lot more than others, uh, and the ones that can't pay that much sometimes are pretty awesome places to write for. Yeah, because you're getting to yeah. write whatever the hell you want. Uh, but yeah, the fact that she's just outright saying Paste paid me $100 per article. I wrote four articles, so I made $400. And by the end of it, I had spent about 700 more than that. <laughs> yep. Which is very much, I think, the reality for most people who are writing. Yep. Uh, I would say the, the people who I know who are paid salary as writers online make between thirty-five and 40000 a year. Um, the dream the dream and like that's the dream is like yeah we're the, the right. top of the mountain from down yeah. here from down here in chuckle fuck 18 five a year is 35 a year yeah and like uh i i could only leave my job because 
a certain outlet is paying me a dollar a word, uh, which is, like, unheard of, unfortunately. But, hey, at least it exists somewhere. Uh, yeah. And yep. I, I made the joke, but also it completely it, it completely destroys the uh, often recurring argument that she brings up. The people are like, she's trying to make money off us. Uh, right. The only way my year in Mensa is going to make money uh, on the backs of the shitty things that Mensa people have done to or around Loftus is my year at Mensa probably, maybe, hopefully, will get somebody somewhere to be like, say, that Loftus is funny. or uh, And, like, maybe it gets her foot in the door somewhere. Right. It's more of a it's more of a cultural cachet situation than um oh the ads on this are going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and even then like I think people are way more likely to find her through Bechtelcast yep, than <laughs> 100%. Cuz <Yeah>. Bechtelcast <laughs> got to do an episode with Alfred Molina. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. many other things but that Alfred Molina picture on the couch I was just like flabbergasted that a movie yeah. podcast got him yeah. <sighs> well, I think we've sufficiently uh, yelled about how awesome my ear meant is. I would hope. If we haven't convinced people by now, those Not gonna are happen. fools. Yeah. It's so good. Seriously, go listen to it. It's such a good time. It's so fun. The theme it's song like, is just great. The theme song is great. It's like a great blow-off steam podcast, too, because you can just get angry at these very, quote-unquote, smart dumbasses you know, like oh, that's the other great. thing. It like one thing that frustrates me about listening to podcasts about things that suck is it's kind of like an it's kind of like in a found footage horror movie. You're like, well, the tape got found, so obviously somebody makes it out of this alive. Um, with a lot of podcasts about, well, this thing sucks about the government. It, it like you know, by the end of it, the the answer is going to be, and then nothing happened. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> like, there's never mm-hmm. going to be any closure to it with my year in mensa you know from the fact that there's there's not going to be closure in that and then mensa shut down um (laughs) you're the you're more in it for the ride knowing that loftus is going to make it out okay because she's here she does live because she's recording the narration right now yep yeah and and that's all it needs to be is her not taking something down, not making a huge anything, but just pointing to this thing and going, hey, what the fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, that that's kind of weird. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this night. Um, thank you. In which we were 20 minutes late to starting recording because I may have gotten chicken tenders and then <laughs> became too invested in dinner <laughs> to Honestly, check my phone. <laughs> so valid like i'm so glad that you ate those tendos i hope they were really good <laughs> you named this recording session we're currently in tdu mensa it's tendy time damn uh, straight i did <laughs> i just need the world to know that <laughs> all right thank you so much dear audience for sticking with us through this uh and yeah. we hope to see you next time when we probably will have a real episode of tdu maybe question mark we'll fucking see bye bye Okay, so you've waited throughout the entire episode for this. Time for the link to the thing. Um, bit.ly forward slash letter pod. L-E-T-T-E-R-P-O-D. You can sign up 
and leave your address, and you will get a letter in the mail from a character in this show explaining the show and maybe, just maybe, a link to the trailer for the show. Uh, it's a podcast in which characters communicate via letter, and what better way to celebrate that than dropping it via letter in a little way uh i always love getting things in the mail that aren't bills and this seems like a good a good as any way to get some more not bad letters in our mailboxes uh especially in this time where some mail would be awesome <laughs> so yeah if you want to sign up for that bit.ly forward slash letter pod The credit pirate's back with a bang, and he's ye, says I. Today's episode featured Mads Upton as our Spoilers Ahoy Sailor. Thank you, Mads, for your kind contribution. The music used, as usual, is Parisian and One-Eyed Maestro by Kevin McCloy. All rights reserved. See the show description for further details. And remember, kids, you don't have to be a mensa to respect IP law. Mm-hmm.